Welcome back to another episode of Zoning with Zach. Uh, to the regular listeners, thank you. Uh, for those who might be listening for the first time, definitely go back and listen to their old episodes. Uh, there's something in there for everyone. And if you are in for your first time, yeah, go back and check it out because there's a lot of value in there. Uh, I've been loving having the guests on. Um, been a really good turn this new year and hopefully we can keep the ball rolling and provide you guys with as much value as possible. But for today, um, I was really excited for this one. We had Ethan Fleming jump on. I was lucky enough to get some of his time to have a chat and he's already achieved so much already. I mean, he's got a Guinness World Record for the longest carpool. Um, just fell short of the world record for the most burpees in 24 hours, although he does hold the record for the most burpees in three minutes which is still in itself very crazy um, for those who are listening. I'm guessing you've all done a burpee sometime in your life and you can imagine doing 11,400 in the space of 24 hours. It's not only very impressive, but um, makes you feel a little bit sick when I think about doing it personally. So a couple of good stories in there. And Ethan, he's someone that I work with, um, oh, for, sorry, and he's a CEO and founder of Get Going, which is... Australia's largest mobile personal training company. Um, I'm always a big believer that the environment in which you put yourself in reflects who you are and you can't strive unless you've got a good environment and and people that really want to help you learn and lift you up and that's what really Ethan provides for his workers and his company and it's one of the biggest reasons why I want to sit down and chat with him today and we cover a range of topics for the time we had and he speaks about the importance of business and tips to start your own company and the challenges he's had along the way and they don't teach you any business stuff in PT courses or anything like that so it was nice to hear what it was like from someone who has had a level of success in that range and yeah, if you can surround yourself with people like Ethan and learn from him, um, you're going to do pretty well. And a good quote that I really stuck with me is, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. And that's why it's good to learn off different people and listen to their challenges and what they've faced along the way. So if you do take value from the episode, guys, please share it to your story. Tag me, tag Ethan, uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review All that kind of stuff uh, goes a really long way. So I appreciate those who have um, and enjoy the episode, guys. All right, Ethan Fleming, welcome to the podcast, mate. It's good to have you. Thanks, buddy. Good to be here. I know. We finally get to sit down and chat, man. I've been uh, chasing you for a while, but... (laughs) Like, as we said off off air, man, um, you've got a massive uh, resume. I mean, a couple of world records. Um, You're the CEO and founder of Get Going. And as I was saying to you, like, they don't teach you nothing about business and, like, your PT stuff and all that. So I definitely want to pick your brain on a little bit of that just to start, man. So um, why don't we start with, like, where the idea came from? Because as I said to you, like, I haven't heard the story and... Um, yeah, it'd be really good to dive into the business side of things. So the idea for Get Going is actually quite an interesting one. So I started off originally as a, a carpenter. Um, that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a builder. And three years into the apprenticeship, I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. So I packed it all up, um, threw it all down the drain and started PT. And then when I was doing my PT course, I was pretty obsessed with uh, working uh, from 14, I was working three jobs and I pretty much haven't lost that intensity to this date. But I remember I was doing, at the time, I was doing mobile cocktail bartending and I remember my auntie came up to me and she goes, oh, 
why don't you try and do mobile personal training? Which, you know, is quite a common thing. Personal trainers actually doing mobile personal training. But then when she said that to me, something just clicked. And I just knew that this is what I had to do. I had to build something that was revolved around mobile personal training. It's a tricky one because I, I, I always think that when people um, think about like losing weight and, and hitting fitness goals, like maybe the first thing they pick up is going to the gym, you know, and like you did actually get told that your idea wouldn't work. Like, is that true? Like they wanted to shut it down pretty quickly? Yeah. So I, I, during the personal training course was when I was kind of writing up some plans for what came to be get going. I think at the time I wanted to call it limitless PT or some crap like that. So I'm glad I changed the name, <laughs> but yeah, no, I remember bringing it to the lecturer or the teacher at the time. And they said, that's a terrible idea. That'll never work. Where are you going to get clients from? There's no way you have, if you don't have a gym, you can't get sales. If you don't have a base, you can't get sales. Um, but you know, I was pretty let's just say I was pretty inflated in my own confidence at that point in my life where I didn't listen to anyone, um, which had its own negatives, but yeah, so it didn't really sway me there. Yeah, obviously, as you said, you you were stuck in your own mind and you were going to give it a crack no matter what. So how did you, like, no pun intended, like, get it going? Like, how did you get it off the ground and get the wheels in motion? Look, it's one of those things that it does start off quite small and I look at what it is now and even back then I had no intention of building it to what it is today. Um, At the time, you know, I remember writing in a little goal book I had, you know, six years ago or whatever it was saying I would love to have three team members and five team members. Um, It just, it became this thing that we enjoyed building and we enjoyed creating things and that creation never stopped. And that's where it's led to what it is today. But how did we do it? I think there's, there's no specific thing here besides the one common denominator is the ability to eat crap and to keep doing it for a long period of time. And I think that's been a common denominator for my life is yeah. how to eat crap and keep moving forward. Because in business, you are going to eat a lot of crap. Yeah, like I remember um, I started actually an audio book from uh, Mike. I don't know if I can say his last name. Kelsowitz, I think, from Profit First. Oh, Profit First. Yeah, yeah I've read that. Um, Great book. And he said like, entrepreneurship is one of the hardest things you can ever do or it will always be like mm. one of the toughest things man and what were some of the biggest challenges um you know taking on the big gyms as well like was there many bumps in the roads along the way yeah there's bumps every day yeah. um it's i mean i know with myself and the and sam and ash the, the other guys involved in this is that we we personally get bored very easily so challenges for us is enjoyable um some of the biggest challenges that i can think of from from some pivotal moments was start of COVID, we lost probably 50% of the customer base, which was, doesn't sound like a lot, but that's years of hard work. Yeah. Um, to see that unfold in front of your eyes was pretty challenging. But I think in general, some of the toughest things has been just weathering the loss of the business. Like there was the points at the start where it was so, uh, we had such little money that I would be living off about $50 a week for the first few months. And then about, a, I think, Two years in, I was still living off about 250, 300 bucks a week. I was still working other jobs on the weekend. Like it was, people see what it is now and they go, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's this awesome business that's, that's making all this money and doing really well. It's like, yeah, because we spent years of earning nothing. Yeah. Like we had PTs that were earning 10 times what we were earning and we were working 15 hour days. Um, 
so it's hard. You sometimes lose track of that. Like I even now I look back on that and go, shit, I forgot that that actually happened. Yeah. I remember being, um, so every month I'd have to transfer money into the tax account from my own bank account to pay the staff. Shit. So it got, there was, there was some very low moments for sure. Yeah. Crazy man. Was that, that's like, I didn't know that. That's, that's pretty full on like 50 bucks a week, man. You can't go anywhere these days without spending 50 bucks. No, nah, 50 bucks. Is, that's, <laughs> that's petrol. My car now doesn't even like survive on 50 exactly. bucks. Yeah. It was crazy. I mean, like we were, we were just doing, we were doing, there was periods where we look at some of the trainers now doing sessions. They're doing 20 sessions a week, 25 sessions. We were doing 40 sessions a week, man. Yeah. We were driving from West Footscray all the way through to Frankston to do a session, earning 40 bucks, 30 bucks. By the time you factored in fuel, we were driving, you know, we were doing 800, 900 Ks a week driving to clients Crazy. Yeah. all over Melbourne. Wow, man. That's, yeah, that's full on. I love it. Um, was there ever a time, like, obviously you said like the 50 bucks a week and all that. Was there ever a time where you thought maybe it wasn't going to work? I know you Every said- Every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know you said like you're in your own head and you were quite driven. Like, did it take much of it, like a mental toll getting it up to, off the ground? Man, I think it still does. Yeah. I, don't th- I think there's ev- like there's still a lot of challenges. The- business is one of those things that like, there's always a chance it can go wrong. And you're never safe. You're just safer. Yeah. Um, you're more, you're not ever stable. You're just more stable. Like it's, there were definitely periods where, oh, I can't even count how many periods there were where I'd be like, is this a flawed concept? Like, is it not going to work? Is it, you know, because people would, a lot of people would tell me that it's not going to work because it, it hasn't been done from a mobile training perspective and mobile health and fitness hasn't been done in a way that isn't charging all of the trainers or it hasn't charged the actual operator. So we were the first company to kind of bring in mobile health and fitness on scale to be doing it through actually, you know, working with and paying them rather than them paying us, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like it's, it's a good business model, man, because gyms are, they can be a scary place. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, especially some of the clients I speak to now and they're like, you know, they love it. Like the mobile thing. Taking to my next point, like how did you get past the doubters? Like I know Ash is obviously a good friend of yours, but was there anyone really close to you saying like, mate, I think it's time to like, you shouldn't go forward with it. Mm, Look, I, there was definitely people in my life, but I think it's hard to address that point without addressing another point, which is the fact that when I was pretty young, Zach, like I cut out most people. Yeah. So I, I removed friends and family pretty young. So to, for anyone to kind of doubt me was not possible because I removed a lot of people in my life, yeah. which was an issue back then because I came into this like driven workaholic person and didn't have time for anything else. Yeah. So there was, a, there was doubters, I'm sure, but I was so caught up in my own world that I didn't even hear it. Um, or maybe in the very first few weeks and months, but after that, it was just, you know, blinkers were on. I was just head down. Like there was no, no focus on anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Massive man. Um, with the like expansion stuff, like how do you keep evolving with the business? Like obviously you've just gone, as you said, from your $50 and you advance from there. Um, how do you keep eyeing off those bigger challenges and bigger levels to knock off? Like, and now you're going Australia wide, um, obviously like a, a big base of PTs and when we do the meetings, obviously a lot of people are there and the seminars and stuff. How do you keep on top of these ideas, man, and keep evolving as a company? Well, it's, it's really good to work out. I think where, what kind of fills your cup? Lucky for me, what fills my cup is the fear of staying the same. 
So or the fear of not like not moving forward drives me. So for me, that's kind of how I get my fix through business is like, I love adrenaline. I love the, the idea of losing everything. I love the idea of getting like everything I've worked for going down the drain. That almost just makes me like invigorated. So I kind of, with the business, it's kind of the same thing. Like if things are steady, I don't want to be involved. You get bored. I yeah. actually, oh, I hate it. I, <laughs> I hate that. it. That's so good. Yeah. So that's like, I think that as soon as we get into this stable position, we're like, all right, how can we mess shit up? How can we shake something up? How can we move forward? Um, and that's that kind of like double-edged sword mentality where it's like, I'm not happy until I'm moving forward, which can cause issues sometimes. But that's almost what drives it, I think, is that, you know, we're all those type of people that just what's next, what's next, what's next, yeah. you know? And that always pushes the pendulum. Yeah, that's a, such a good mentality to have, man. Like, I remember when we were having a meeting um, about the boot camps and stuff and you were saying, like, you know, and you are just so passionate. Like, it's good that it scares you, mate. And I actually got this this question from someone, um, someone I trained because I told you, I told mm. them I was sitting down with Ethan this week. Um, and I just wanted to know, like, what are your top three tips for people wanting to start a business? Um... I think that, oh, that's a very hard one. I think you should work out what your version of happiness and success looks like before you start, because I think that running into a business, a lot of people will try and do it for misguided reasons. Um, a lot of people want to run a business because they think that means freedom and flexibility, which is, yes, that is true to a point, but it can also mean the opposite. Like you can have a lot more freedom as an employee in lots of ways. So I think before you start a business, you need to establish who you are, what you want to achieve and why you want to achieve it more importantly. So doing a lot of deep self-work is really important because that's going to set you up for what part of the business you should be involved in as well. It took me a long time to realize like I am not an accounts person. I am not an admin person. I need to be set free and I need to be running around. Yeah. But that took years of failure to work that out. In terms of simple terms and real specifics, I think you need to have, I think you need to be relentless. Like you need to work on resilience because you're gonna have tons of moments where you go down and up, down and up, down and up, and you need to be comfortable in those downs and ups. So having strong resilience, working out who you are. And then the other thing is I think you need to just be humble with what you don't know. The more I've learned over these last years, the more I realize how ridiculous amount of information i do actually not know and that's been a very freeing experience yeah nice man well answered i love <laughs> that um that's good mate and yeah obviously obviously you've stuck with it and it's great man like it's big it's going australia wide and um like even when we sit here today man you said you wanted three team members but now you've got a lot man and obviously a lot of people look up to you so like when it comes to business and even within yourself like what do you think makes it a great leader Mm. If I, I mean, there's a million things that go into this, Zach. It's really hard to say off the top of my head, but I would say if I had to pinpoint one or two things, I would say transparency. I'm the type of guy, I'm not sure if we can swear on this podcast, but... Uh, um, you got three, three F words before it becomes explicit. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. And I'll save the last one. Um, no, the, for me, it's transparency. Um, I think that you need to be really honest and I'll always tell people like I might not know the answers or whatever it is, but sure as hell going to work out how I can get there. And I think that transparency is a very, very powerful thing and transparency then goes into vulnerability as well. 
So I think that to be a leader, you need to be honest with your own flaws and you also need to be honest with other people's flaws in a constructive way. Yeah. You know, you don't want to call someone stupid, but you need to that you need to be able to have the confidence and the vulnerability and honesty to tell them what's actually wrong because you're only doing them an injustice if you don't. Does that ever weigh you down, man? Like having this many like staff and is there ever a way you kind of like Ethan needs a break, like you need to get away from it for a bit? I think there's certain parts of it I need to get away from, but not necessarily I need to get away from the business. It's need to, I need to take time for myself and recharge, but time for myself is not what I think normal people's time for their stuff. Like for me, that means go do fitness events. This means like spend more time in the morning before work. Like it doesn't have to mean spend time away because this is what I love to do. Like I love yeah. to push the boundaries at business. Business is what I love. It's yeah. awesome for me. Like it's, so I don't need a break per se. I just need to have more of my own time involved in it, if that yeah. makes sense. No, definitely, mate. I love that, man. The, it's a good story. Like, as I said to you off air, like I really wanted to learn a little bit more behind the scenes and stuff. And yeah, you really covered it. And I'd love to pick your brain a little bit more from entrepreneurship. Yeah, because <laughs> like the entity stuff, it's cool. I actually love learning about it. But um, let's go to some personal things, mate. Obviously, you've covered a lot of things and you've done some crazy stuff i mean you hold the world record for the most burpees in 24 hours uh if i'm correct eleven thousand four hundred. is that the right well number? actually that one's a funny story zach so that one i don't have the guinness world record for oh I, know. I, I measured the lines wrong so i did eleven thousand four hundred one centimeter short oh. I, I hold the guinness world record for most burpees in three minutes which is a bit of a bit of a punch to the throat after you <laughs> talk about the 24 hour <laughs> one yeah <laughs> Oh, wow, that's, that talk about a lesson in attention to detail. That's for sure. Cheers. How many did you get in the three minutes? Oh, I can't even remember. I think it was 69. Yeah, yeah. It's still like, yeah, I mean, it's decent, but it's not 24 hours world record. But, oh, no. you know, I think that one's still my greatest achievement personally is yeah. because that was the first time I did something, uh, a fitness event that was so crazy that I and did it. And yeah. in my mind, I might have not got the world record because of a technicality that I messed up. But for me, I still got to look back on that and be like, oh, yeah, like I applied myself to something and it worked. Yeah, that's it, man. And obviously the carpool as well. I mean, you pulled your car 100 kilometers, um, which again is is crazy. And you've been quoted saying that developing sh- mental strength through physical challenge challenges is one of the keys to a successful life. Like, um, where do you come up with these things, man? Because when I look at my car, like I don't think about <laughs> strapping it to my chest and walking 100 kilometers or even doing... 10 burpees uh, is definitely not for me. So where do these challenges come from and, and how do you prepare yourself to get like get it done? Uh, I think you, they come from a deep-seated, deep-seated issues that I had as a child, I think, from a, a distraction point of view is where I came. Like that's where I think my resilience has actually come from and my work ethic was that when I was younger, I would distract myself with work and I became this person that would like, use work as an outlet or use forward motion as an outlet. So that's kind of how the challenges kept getting bigger and bigger. But how did I actually come up with the idea was pretty, pretty simple. Actually, I wrote a bunch of ideas on a whiteboard. So exercises such as burpees, car, whatever it was. And then I wrote a bunch of distances and I just drew lines between them and I got a hundred K car. That looks all right. (laughs) Give that one a crack. But the recipe that I wanted in all seriousness was I wanted something that I didn't know if I could do. Yeah. And, like I said this before, I've got an inflated ego and a bit of an inflated confidence here. So for me to find something I didn't believe I could do turned out to be pretty stupid. 
<laughs> oh, mate, that's nice. Let's let's dive into the carpool, man, because obviously um, I watched it pretty close. You're down at Avalon Airport. From the mental side, you wanted to really, really like test yourself. But preparation from a physical standpoint, like mm-hmm. um, especially from when you first did the idea, how did it, how did you get it off the ground, and um, what was the preparation behind it? Like, how did you think in your mind you were going to train to pull it off? I mean, it was probably a nine month prep. So I, at the time when I came up with the idea, um, I was, you know, maybe 82 kilos. And the first thing I realized through looking at anyone else that's done anything kind of similar, which, you know, Ross Edgley's done a marathon with a car, with a much lighter car. That was a jab at Ross Edgley. Um, <laughs> I realized I needed to put on a lot of weight. So the first step was putting on weight. So I was putting on as much as I could lean <laughs> well somewhat lean um but the training was pretty much ins- it was just dragging heavy objects right it wasn't super over complicated uh, you get better at what you do repetitively and i would have my consistent weight training and then i would have my you could almost call it my car replica session so i would do dragging a sled around the park right as we got closer to the event the weights training slowed down and the car dragging type stuff went up right and that's pretty much the rules and recipes that i've used for any event with you know a specific movement done on repetition yeah is reduce the weights training and add the specific load as we get closer yeah and that's all it was with the car um just three four hours in a park multiple times a week cold dragging a sled let's go to the event um like, first of all, how did you get in contact with Avalon Airport? Like, how did you get the green light for that? I just emailed tons of places. Yeah. Yeah, logistically, this was harder than the actual, like, training of the event for me. Like, trying to coordinate it so it lined up with the time, the money that I had to put towards it to even do it. Like, it was logistically a nightmare. Um, all with the chance that I could fail completely. So, that was a hard thing to overcome mentally, was putting all this time and energy and telling Avalon Airport, like, hey, I, I'm going to... I'm going to do this knowing deep, deep inside that there's a very good chance I can't do this as well. Yeah. Yeah. Full on. Um, what'd you do on the, the, so over three days over the weekend, it was a crazy time, man, because we were actually, we were actually in lockdown. Like mm. we were actually, COVID was hitting like, how <laughs> did, um, cause we obviously we wanted to come and watch, but, um, so you wanted to do three days. Well, the goal was I wanted to drag it a hundred Ks under 48 hours. I did 48 hours in about five minutes, which was a bit annoying about that five, but. Oh, and the burpees as well, man. You always that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sure. well, this, one was, this one was a world record, pending approval from Guinness, but we'll see how they go. Oh, beautiful. Um, talk me through day one, mate. Obviously, that was your, your biggest day. Yeah. Um, talk me through like the start and right to the end, because there was obviously a few bumps in the road there. The weather was the worst. Yeah. So the first day we had 28 degree heat, right? So we're on the tarmac. I was moving the car and the car was not moving anywhere near what I wanted it to move, um, which was basically sent, sent me into a freak out. Um, within the first 5K, I thought I was not going to be able to do this. I was trying to, there was points in the first day where I was thinking, how the, how the hell, I'll save that one for later, um, how the hell am I going to do this? And if I can't, how am I going to fail at it in a way that I can actually look at myself in the mirror and be proud with? Um, and I was almost thinking, like, should I just dive my head into the concrete that type? Because I was just did not want to fail so bad. And I was so scared that I wasn't going to do it. And when you're looking, when you're in a couple of hours into something that you know you've got 46 hours left, like minimum, 
then you you start playing some pretty scary loops in your head. So the first day for me was just pure fear like pure fear and I was having a, you know I was had smiles on my face because I had the guys around were having laughs and stuff but in reality I was terrified um, and then when the when the sun came down and the heat started to go I started to get a second wind um, and that's when things started picking up for me yeah uh, then about 40 at like you know 30 hours in it was all downhill again because yeah. you've been dragging a car for 30 hours <laughs> but by that point, there was the fear was gone, and the reality was I'm going to do two things. I'm either going to drag this car or I'm going to die trying, and I can live with that. Did you have a game plan, or did it was it kind of like I've got 48 hours. Let's let's just go. Well, I had as long as I needed. Yeah. So the game plan was to not stop dragging the car. Yeah. And that was it, really. I mean, like, yeah, we had. I'm not a very organised person, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's one of my biggest downfalls is I don't plan and prepare very well. I just do very well. Dude, yeah. yeah. So for the car, I mean, I had a spreadsheet with a rough thing, like how much time I should do it in. Yeah. But I trained really, really hard and I did everything I could from a training perspective so that I knew that on the days I've already chested the car. I know how the car works. All I've got to do is walk it, keep yeah. my food up, keep my hydration up, um, keep the salts up, all that. And leave the rest to the chance chance yeah, <laughs> that's it. yeah pretty nice. much what was it like going from day one to day two so obviously you've you've had a break you've gone you've had a well hopefully some I, sleep no um, no that was about five minutes of sleep man no break shit. so this was a yeah. 48 hours continuous oh wow. this was yeah. like no there was no go to bed and wake up the next day this yeah. was all through the night two three four a.m like we were we were going the whole time wow yeah but yeah the, so there was no first night second night for me in my mind it was blur that's it was crazy. just a 48 hour blur. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I started losing consciousness in the second day where I was, they were having to actually guide me um, because I couldn't, I, I just wasn't there mentally. And it was, it was, it was really hard to explain, but you're so, you're so not right in your head that you're so emotional. You can't even explain it. Like someone would hand me a Gatorade. I'll just start crying of gratitude. Like I couldn't, it was weird. You just like, you're not who you are at that point. Like you're, you're broken. Fuck yeah, up. that is that is fucking crazy. <laughs> really full on, man. And again, like, let's talk about the physical toll, mate. Like, what were you feeling? I know you said it was a bit of a blur, but like, I saw you were changing directions. So you started walking forwards, and then you were walking backwards. Like, what, yeah, were the, what was the physical toll? <laughs> Physically, it was it was more uh, like the way that the runway worked. I know this sounds silly, but it felt like a continuous uphill. It was just like the tarmac, where I messed up was I did a lot of my training jogs with the car, or whatever you want to call it, runs, training sessions with the car on really flat ground, really smooth tarmac. And when I went to the airport, we had this really grippy tar-like surface and it was always uphill. So I just could not move the car. So I was just have these periods where the wind was going the wrong way. I would just be stuck. So we didn't factor in the wind at all. And because of that, I was ruined. The, so the physical toll became an exhaustion toll, not a specific issue. So I didn't. I was very lucky to not have any blisters. I, my calves and everything held up. But it got to the point where I was actually just having like muscular failure. So the, I couldn't actually produce any power. And if you can't produce enough power, you can't even move the car. So there was just these periods where I didn't actually have enough in me to even push the car a millimeter. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> um, talk me through the feeling when you got close, man. Like that last 
five kilometers or so. I know like it would have been one of the most unbelievable things, but talking through the feeling where you're getting close and then you finally get there, you complete it. Was oh, it just, you know what? Don't, don't it, say relief either. <laughs> it was, it wasn't relief. It was, um, I just wanted to go home. I was broken. I was really yeah. broken with this one. Like this one, by the time I got to the end, I was over it. Yeah. I was really, I couldn't relish into the, into the achievement side of it for, for a day or two because I was, I was not there mentally. Like I was, I was, I was half asleep. I was almost hallucinating. Like I was falling asleep while dragging the car. Like it was, by the time I got to the end, I was like, I don't even know where I am. <laughs> by the time the guys put me in the car on the way home, I fell asleep instantly. Um, so I actually don't really have a good memory of the last 10 hours. Wow. So I don't actually remember what it really felt like. All I remember was getting in a car and falling asleep roughly. Shit. And what happened in the coming days, man? Was there much like hangover? Obviously pulling a car a hundred kilometers, but talk me through the next few days, how you got back on your feet and, and stuff like that, like the recovery process from there. The recovery was, uh, the just sleep really. I was about a week of fatigue. I was in the gym four days later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of I was, yeah. It's a load of moderate <laughs> stuff, but the actual recovery for this one wasn't as bad as the burpees or some of the other events I've done have actually been worse. Yeah. I think it was because this one, I didn't, I did not mess around with the training. Like I, I did hours and hours of hours and upon hours. I remember seeing your videos, man, like yeah. four 30 in the morning, you're out there yeah. park, dragging your car. Like, like my sessions were four or five hours sometimes. Yeah. And that was multiple times per week, plus weights training, plus night training on top of the morning training. Like it was like, I was doing 15 to 20 hours worth of training a week. So I think that my body held up quite well because I over-prepared like as yeah. best I possibly could in my opinion. Yeah. You don't really learn until you sit down and really dive into it. Like the whole passing out and the crying and stuff like that. Like you don't see that on Instagram. You just see the highlights, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. No, there was more downs than up highlights. That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> I could imagine, mate. And with these crazy challenges, like what's next for you? Are you thinking of another one coming up soon? I know, I know you... Played Always. around a bit of kayaking, but... Oh, uh, yeah. No, the, the goal for me from a fitness standpoint is to to repair some of the damage I've done to myself over the last few years for the next few months, but I am planning to ride to, to Cairns. So I just want to get on the bike and just ride from Melbourne to Cairns, which will take about two weeks. Nice. Consistently. But yeah. sleep this time. Yeah. Nice. I love it. That's man. the next one I'm thinking of. <laughs> That's good. Like, mate, it's... You've, it takes a lot to do this, man. Like, as I said to you, I look at my car and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to pull this. And as I was saying to you off air, mate, um, you know, you've got a lot of people that look after you and it's like inspiring stuff. Like a lot of people listen to the carpool and think like, you know, um, this bloke was, was passing out. This guy was literally like crying when people were trying to help him and stuff like that. So, and it's, a, it's a, such a big influence, you know what I mean? Like you influence people in a good way doing this shit, man. But like who influences you? Like what's your, who's your biggest influence? Um, phew, I don't actually have any powerful role models that I've found through actual people I know. I've actually had to find my role models through, that's why I love reading. I love uh, educating myself through books, podcasts, and looking for, I guess, people that I do admire. Um, I think I take admiration from different people in different areas um so leadership might be someone and then you know business might be someone else um but no there's no one specific in my life that i've had from a role model perspective that i'm like great influence yeah um i think it's more so that i i grew up in a single mom 
family were good people, but maybe not necessarily where I wanted to end up in my life. Um, so for me, I distanced myself from that and created my own role models through books. You know, and that's why I've become obsessed with learning is because I, I started realizing really young that if I learned this and applied this, it, a result would happen. And then my role models became all of these little podcasts. <laughs> all you've done, mate, like the carpool and the, the burpees and just the, the crazy challenges you give yourself. What do you think is your greatest achievement? Hmm, my greatest achievement. I don't, I feel like it would be a very easy answer just to say one thing, right? I think it's a, it's multiple achievements throughout my life that I'm proud of and at different points of my life they've changed so for example burpees actually the first thing that I ever did that sparked my fitness journey if you want to say that or my crazy fitness journey was that um, I did a marathon of no training and I did it and I was like wow I used to think that was the hardest thing that could (laughs) ever be done and then that was the first like Pandora's box that opened there's like hey if if this was the thing that I held up as the most challenging and now it's accomplished I was like what else is there um so that marathon at that time was my biggest and then next was the burpees it's like well what else is capable then they got like get going at different moments but and then the last few years it's been like deep self-work like trying to work out what all my flaws you know, where am I suck at? What am I a bad person in? Like now I'm most proud of the deep self work I've done. Yeah. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's an interesting Ongoing. question, isn't yeah. it? Like external goals don't fill internal voids. I think I had to work that out pretty yeah. a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. Wow, man. That's, that's good stuff, man. Your, cra- your stories are, are crazy, mate. Like um, I've learned more about you today and I know that a lot of people will get a lot of value out of like the mental side of um the things that you achieved and obviously the physical too which is is crazy mate so thank you so much for giving me your time and jumping on man no worries at all man it's been good